On this week's episode, we run through a whole slew of new number ones, the potential new Hulu home of the New Mutants movie, and give our review of Punisher Season 2. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Good evening. Oh god, we're with Vincent Price now. Vincent Price. Well, I'm T, as always. I'm Vincent Price. And that's he's my Vincent, Vincent Price impression. That's terrible. I, I've that's, heard you do a ter- better. That's terrible. I've heard you do a better Vincent Price. I've heard it. Except it's sort My of Vincent like, Price always just turns out being Bill Hader doing Vincent Price. I was so. just about to say that. Yeah. So, it's, it's not it's, it's not creative at all. Well, but Bill <coughs> Hader's Vincent Price is a good Vincent Price, so it, yeah, it just fair. sort of works out transitively. How's everybody doing? I hope you're doing good. hope your week's been good. Our week has been better than last week, so that's good. Yeah. So this episode will be less about venting frustrations and more about comics so that's good yeah more comics speaking of comics what did you read um a handful of different things to varying levels of success um (laughs) so the number two of a book uh it's kind of a it's fairly obscure uh it's called Mm -hmm. love town it's from devil's do first comics oh i've never heard of that it's by the yuan twins Oh. It's this random little like black and white noir book that I picked up, and I the number one was last month, number two was this month, and I was giving it to the number two to see if it really like stood out to me. It picked up. I like it. I um, yeah. it's the whole premise is it's set in a world where there's like zombies and vampires and crap like that. Okay. But that doesn't really matter. Oh. <laughs> like. That doesn't it, at the in reality it's just a murder mystery with this cop who's getting wrapped up in like what potentially is like she's potentially a suspect for this murder and you're like finding out it's you know panning out as time goes by um and that's pretty much it the really and I, I think that's cool I I like worlds where something's different and people just kind of accept it it's not like hey, there's vampires, so this is all about hunting vampires. Or about how, like, shitty zombies are. It's just like, yo, there's vampires, and that's cool. So It kind of just expands the world rather than defines it. Yeah, so I recommend Love Town. It's going to be hard to find, admittedly. Um, I don't know if... Look at you being all eclectic. Yeah, I don't know if too many many shops are going to order it, but go to your shops, see if they can still get the number one. I don't know. Um, And see if seltzer on the floor seltzer wants to talk today (laughs) um see if they can pick it up it's black and white and that's not for everybody a lot of people like color in their comics but it's cool it's a cool book Hmm. neat otherwise this week oh god marvel hit me hard with number ones (laughs) so donny kate's run of uh guardians is out uh number one is out it seems cool um, I've never been huge on Guardian stuff, but I picked this one up because it's like a new team and they're doing the whole story arc about like a new Thanos. It's cool. It seems like it's going to have a lot of like Donny Cates-isms in it as they go try to figure out who the new the new Thanos is. Who is your favorite member of the new team? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for Beta Ray Bill. Nice. Um, That's a good call. And they got like Moon Dragon and Phylavel in there, and they're cool. And they'll get enough love, uh, so that's fun. True. And Groot is like a jackass now. Like he he no longer so in Infinity Countdown he no longer just says I am Groot. He what? Just, he just healed from that. Healed. So he can actually talk. And for most of Infinity Wars, he was like very proper, kind of back to because his origins. Way back in the day, he, like, came to Earth and tried to conquer it. And, uh... Yeah, as most are wont to do. And so he talked, like, that kind of character. Like, a world conquery type of character. And now he's just kind of, like, a punk. Like, he's... It opens... <laughs> it opens with him, like, carving spikes and a mohawk into himself oh, and stuff. Lord. And he's like, oh, yeah, we got invited to that secret meeting, but it sounded lame. And, like, stuff like that. Well, so, it's why fun. Why did they make him talk? 
talk. I, I don't know. know. That, and hmm. Rocket is nowhere, and I don't know. Is Rocket dead? No, Rocket's not dead. Drax is. Uh, Which, yeah. Sorry to spoil Infinity Wars for everybody, but uh, I don't know where. I don't remember something happening with Rocket in Infinity Wars where he's like, screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> but he's not there anymore. I'm sure we'll find that out. But a lot of setup to be, like I said, just really Donny Cates. Anytime you put Donny Cates in charge of uh, some sort of story that's like a new character, a resurgence of a character, a character getting new powers, it's going to go bananas at some point. <laughs> um, but it's worth picking up. If you guys want to get into a new Guardian story, definitely look into that one. Marvel also had two, their, this year I mentioned in, I think the last episode, they're doing, like, it's our 80th birthday. Yay! <laughs> and they're doing, like, rehashes of old titles. And this week we had Crypt of Shadows and War is Hell. So, uh, Crypt of Shadows is kind of an homage to all their horror mags. Like, I think they had ones called Menace, and Crypt of Shadows was one, and Tales of butts i don't know a bunch of different ones um it was good it it delivered on that kind of nostalgic horror show type like tales from the crypt type organization right it was like three like little snippet stories that all worked back into one it was cool i liked it um war as hell was also pretty cool um i think they could have done better making the stories a little bit more modern like, uh, the stories were just kind of generic, like, war's bad kind of stories. <laughs> <clears throat> and the first one was, uh, I think it was written and drawn by Howard Chaikin and was about World War II, and it was cool. I liked it. It involved, like, jazz, but it was just kind of quick, and I don't know. That one's missable, in my opinion, war is hell, unless you really, really like war stuff. Uh, but Crypt of Shadows is worth picking up. Nice. So. I also had some number ones this week, but... None were Marvel number ones. I was I was on the every other end of the spectrum this week. Um, the big the big number one for me um, was Bendis's new DC title Naomi. I was curious about that one. Um, I feel like he showed up and he looked around and he was like, "Man, there are no females of color being awesome." that are getting enough love. So, I made one. I asked what he did, and she gonna be like, Superman, I'm feeling it. Nice. I'm feeling it. They set it up like she is gonna have a very similar, like, oh, hey, I landed on Earth. Or, oh, hey, my mom was a superhero. Or, hey, I was adopted. And she's gonna change everything, and it's gonna be great. And it's just been this coming in and being like, y'all ain't got no diversity, I'ma fix it. And I'm down with that. Bendis fix. Yeah, Bendis make better. Bendis fix. <laughs> and I can't complain. Um, Bendis e ne chuck. <laughs> and then he grows, but like two inches. Yeah, He's not like, much. And then they're like, what is that? That's all I got. You do that before you write? And he's like, yeah, do it all the time. That's all he's got. It's, yeah. Apache Bendis. Oh man, the days when characters in comics could just be racist. Well, I guess I was, <laughs> I guess I was TV, not comics. But let's not go back there. Yeah, we're not, we're not regressing. Anyway, what especially else? not with Bendis on that. Go ahead. Yeah. Woo! Bendis makes everyone colorful. <laughs> oh I'm firing myself. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry, Twitter storm. I have been fired. I'm sorry. Well, anyway. Go on. Uh, so, another number one I read was the new Buffy. Cool. Came out. Yeah. And it, From Boom now. New Boom Buffy. It is Boom. wonderful. Yeah. It is wonderful. Nice. It is like Whedonverse exploded in a comic. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a reboot set in modern times, right? Yes. Okay. She has a phone. It's great. What? I know. Um, and they, like, they went all in immediately fixing wrongs from the beginning of Buffy that didn't make any sense. So, mm. like, 
Willow is already an outed lesbian. And nice. um, Xander is much more weird and much less a white knight. And Anya is already in it in literally the first issue, which nice. hashtag cool. team Anya. Yeah, I yeah. love it. And it's weird because Anya's like this odd bridge to every other part of the Whedonverse because at mm. one point they have her watching Firefly and she <laughs> does an order for Wolfram and Hart, which, oh, as people know, yeah. is an angel, an angel. part. Yeah. So, like, it's amazing. And I'm pretty sure, I'm my bad, but we're going to have, like, Drusilla and Spike in soon. And it's, cool. I don't know, I'm feeling it. And, like, they made Giles just kind of, like, an overall dick thus far, which is good because he starts out as a dick and then he becomes less of a dick when Wesley comes. So it's all working out so far. Nice. They also did a really good job of not making it super uncanny valley. So mm-hmm. like she doesn't really look like mm-hmm. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like yeah, yeah. she just looks like Buffy. The only one that's kind of weird me out is Xander and that's because Xander's got such a very, like he's got such a specific face. Mm-hmm. That, like, you can't undo his face. face. You can't really generalize Xander's face. Xander face. It's weird. I don't know. You'll have to look at it. He's the only one that I'm like, your chin's freaking me out, bro. But (laughs) the rest of it was wonderful. It's a really good read. I think they're setting up a really good plot. I really love that they already brought in all these fan favorite characters. I love that they already mentioned that Willow is a girlfriend, which... I'm gonna tell you right now, she best be there. If she's gonna be there, then I'm gonna cry. Cause you're gonna get to live through Tara getting shot again. They won't shoot her this time <laughs> because it was wrong to do it the last time. And Whedon has come out and said it was a mistake, and they're not gonna do it again because it was wrong. Long live Tara. Long live Tara. <laughs> I should go back to Tara. We all want to go back to Tara. Yeah, and then the only other thing that really stood out to me is there's a new Archie title. Um, it's one of the dark Archie titles, so kind of like uh, Jughead the Hunger or Vampironica. Um, it kind of snuck up on me. I didn't see it coming. Um, it's based around the Blossoms, and they're setting it up that apparently they're part of a devil cult. So that's pretty Whoa. fun. Um, and their parents are part of a devil cult, which... Makes sense. The blossoms are all jacked up in the head anyway. So, it, it, you know, it's not even that far of a stretch from normal Archie. Yeah, I'd believe it. But, it's pretty good, you know. I always felt like the blossoms were always, like, probably part of some sort of Illuminati bullcrap anyway. Yeah, I I wouldn't doubt it at all. Like, I mean, I watched Riverdale, and some of the stuff the blossoms got into was pretty jacked. So, you know. It's not, it's not as much a stretch as Jughead being a werewolf. Um, but it's still a good time. You know, I, I read all the Archie stuff. I, they're all mm-hmm. fun. I, it's very whimsical. I enjoy it. I did want to take a moment. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned it enough in the course of doing this podcast. But Uncanny X-Men. <laughs> oh my god. Buckle up, everybody. He's talking about Uncanny again. If you need to go um, pee, now's the time to do it. Yeah, so I wanted to mention that the annual came out. So the last episode I talked about how the 10 was wrapping up the story arc. And then they were going to do an annual that was going to talk about the return of uh, Scott. The return of Cyclops. I'm kind of bummed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't know if I like where they're going. Oh, no. I was hoping we'd get, like, crazy Cyclops back or that Cyclops would have some sort of, like, baggage. And they literally just, like, threw him back into, like, 1990s. Let's go, team! If I focus all my power, like, 1990s cartoon Cyclops. Ew, like Boy Scout leader Cyclops? There's literally a part, Uh. there's literally a point where he's arguing with Cable about, like, why'd you send the young kids home, the young X-Men, and Cable was like, because they didn't belong, they were messing up the timeline, and he was like, well, then why'd you bring me back? And Cable was like, because you're not supposed to die like that, because he died from just, like, a disease. It was literally, it felt like such a fanboy jerk about, like, 
you're not just dying on your knees like that. And so, like, then it dove into setting up the next story arc. And I'm, I'm bummed, I guess, because the covers for, like, the issues coming up make Cyclops kind of look, like, disheveled. Like, he might have a little bit of the crazies. But he's not. But it doesn't seem like that's where they're going. So, I don't know. X, uh, Uncanny X-Men Annual number one came out. If you're curious about where that's going, it also does a good job summarizing kind of what's been going on with the X-Men so far. That's cool. So if you're looking to get in on Uncanny X-Men, that would be a worthwhile one to pick up. Because mm. it kind of gives you a summary of what's going on. Nice jumping on As point. it follows Cable kind of in the background of like extermination and the Uncanny X-Men arc. Um, so it's worth picking up. I'm a little nervous about where they're going to take Scott. Hopefully, you know, maybe they'll change it around, but we'll see. News! 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 I swear I'm going to have music this time. I spent way too long trying to find music to put in the last episode, and I could not. But I swear, this episode, we're going to have music. So, future Chris, roll that news music. This week... In the news, upheaval at DC. What could these changes mean for the industry giant? Brian Singer once again finds himself facing allegations. What does his future hold in the world of movies and in his work with Marvel? A New Mutants finds a home on Hulu as opposed to in theaters. Will we get the same quality product that we were once promised? All this and more with Cover B. Wasn't that awesome? It was okay. Really? It was okay. Just okay? I I think I find better music, but, you know, it's fine. Okay. That's fine. Well, I mean, don't be upset about it. No, it's fine. I'm sure Future Chris worked really hard on that music. And I thought it was great. Um, and you would. Uh, you're like Barack Obama called me. You're like you margin looking, biased, and he was like, "That music was great," and then he hung up. It was kind of weird. It was a weird conversation. I think he's a little busy windsurfing. He was like, well, "Let me be clear." <laughs> that music was the shit. I hate how much I like your Barack Obama. That was the best music ever. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, fine. It was great. It was the best music choice ever. I never could have done better. Is that what you want to hear? You're better than me? Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> yes. News! So, so there's news. There's news. Um. So, as we speak... um. According to Bleeding Cool. As we speak now or as they listen to us speak? As we speak now. Y'all probably already know all this by the time you listen to this. Yeah, we're not really up on the, like, fresh news. Yeah. <laughs> it's fresh-ish. It's, fresh. it's, it's fresh enough that it ain't going bad in your fridge yet. Yeah. It's, it's, um, bagged lettuce fresh. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's fair. Bagged salad mix fresh and depending on our moods sometimes it's romaine and we will make you sick but just romaine calm damn it it's only the news chris <laughs> get out of here with that pun all right what's the news so okay as we speak right now yes. sitting here right now yes. um dc is going through some major restructuring oh, apparently dang. Um, not a lot on the editorial publishing side, but a lot on the like corporate side. Apparently like two or three big wigs, VPs in like sales and marketing and other big corporate stuff mm -hmm. have been axed. Oh man. And it has direct relation to the Warner Brothers stuff and mm -hmm. apparently Vertigo is getting restructured. Ooh. So... We will know more later, and as we know more, we'll post it on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll keep you guys abreast of the situation, but... I'm, um... 
I'm interested in the Warner Bros. stuff, like the Warner Bros. side of it, but eh, I'm pensively cautious because their movie stuff has just been, like, their whole tie to Warner Bros. has just been... Meh. Eh, yeah. Um, yeah. But the Vertigo thing interests me because maybe if they could throw down some, like, curator on that, you know, get somebody to, like, curate Vertigo and put out some... Like, really hardcore, heavy stuff. That would be dope. Yeah, that would Because they're be doing cool. the Sandman stuff, and they have, like, a few Vertigo titles out that are they're good. Yeah. They're, they're nothing to, like, write home about, but... I mean, they're worth picking up. Like, Hexwives is fun. Hexwives is Goddess great. Goddess Mode is fun. Also great. Uh, there's American Carnage, which I passed on. It didn't really appeal to me. Um, what else? Did I, I think that's it in terms of, like, core Vertigo titles. And then they have all the Sandman stuff, which are, like, about half interesting and half just okay but be cool if they handled it like they did wild storm and like young animals and stuff and got somebody to like curate it and really like organize yeah organize the creators and get a bunch of like cool stories out and stuff that would be pretty dope yeah that would be cool so we'll we'll keep you guys posted there won't be necessarily an update to this episode but we'll keep you guys posted on the social that's big news though yeah dc must stand for that's crazy did you have today i had <laughs> half a monster and it was too much two hours ago and apparently it hit me good <laughs> either you are super feeling that half a monster or you were super, super in need of the other yeah, half yeah I, I think it said i'm super in need of the other half and my, my caffeine addiction is like you didn't do enough so you gonna be stupid <laughs> and that's what's happening so so now i'm gonna bring down the mood a little bit um like some... smooth jazz bring down the mood or like looking at the news bring down the mood looking at the news uh like, not fun uh like cnn on a thursday night or like fox news on a monday morning um more like msnbc on like sunday night Ugh. yeah not great so as we know, they were trying to kick out the X-Men movies because mm-hmm. um, a bunch of them have been canceled. X-Force and some others that had been brought up have been nixed. Mm-hmm. They got the axe. Um, well, now if they had any plans to go beyond the new Phoenix movie, they ain't no mo because an expose came out today and Brian Singer, the director yeah. of those movies, yeah. has been accused by four different men of um misconduct ranging from sexual assault to rape Mm -hmm. and one of the victims at the time was as young as 13 is not good is not good which it's interesting because there have been allegations against brian singer for years and he has been repeatedly taken off of films. He got taken off of Bohemian Rhapsody. He has been... He got removed from some stuff done with Sony before Fox picked him up. Like, he has been pushed off stuff over and over again. But it's all been, like, under the cover of night. And so he gets away with it. And it hasn't been, like, a huge public outcry. But with the Me Too stuff going hard... It was just a matter of time before it was like, okay, no, you done. You done. So he's repeatedly come out um, since the new allegations have come out and said that he's innocent and it's not. But it, it's starting, like, it's a trend now. Mm-hmm. It's not like an isolated incident. Like, there have been many, many, many people come out and say, yo, bro, you do naughty stuff, quit. Yeah, and it's it's... Like, you know, celebrities and famous people, they'll get these sorts of accusations and, you know, claims and allegations and stuff, you know, put towards them. And somehow they manage to dodge them. But I just feel like Brian and it's it all goes into like fame and like people want to overlook it. And like, yes, R. Kelly's terrible, but listen to this beat and crap like that. <laughs> um but with Brian, I don't know. It's just so bizarre that it took this long for him to really get some reckoning. Get like yeah, get 
some comeuppance. I know. And I guess he hasn't gotten the comeuppance yet, right? Like it's no, still not technically up in the air. But it's I mean it's the same thing. It's like R. Kelly's just now getting comeuppance. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know? it's because it takes just a long now, freaking time for this stuff. And just it's now, society is like looking around and they're like, no, okay. We know this is happening. It's done. We're yeah, done. Yeah. We're not going to stand for it anymore. We're not afraid to speak out. Yeah. So, I don't know. We, just I need mean, to, we need to keep this push going. You know what I mean? My worry is that the powers that be that would like to see the whole Me Too movement get squashed. And, because there are people, there are plenty of people that would love to see that movement stop. Yeah. You know, from the people that are doing it to the people that are in like high enough in the various industries where they're just worried that someone else, some other golden child is going to get yoinked from them. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, the people benefiting off of the predators. Two people that just tend to be like fly by night, trendy, hot topic followers. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people who get on Facebook and they're like, me too's the popular thing now. Hashtag me too. Um, like between those people, I hope the fervor doesn't stop because people need to continue being comfortable coming out about this stuff because it's i hate to say it's gonna continue to happen um so we don't need to recede back into a moment where people turn a blind eye to that absolutely people you know stop holding blame to people who deserve it um we've got to keep that momentum that's the only way that these people like brian singer and r kelly and chris brown just got detained and then released for like rape allegations in france or something whoa really yeah i i didn't read into the full story because that whole person makes me not want to be a happy person (laughs) chris Chris brown in general makes me angry um he's got such a stupid first name uh i mean you can say that because you're vincent price right vincent price Welcome to the news of the macabre. Uh, that was terrible. Awful Vincent Price. I cannot get a good Vincent Price. Uh, but yeah, you know, the only way these sorts of people aren't going to be able to, like, whoosh, whoosh, like, Matrix dodge these allegations like they have been is if we transform the society into something that holds more accountability. Yeah. And the only way we do that is by keeping the attention on it and constantly going yes you know what i mean yep and then you know maybe not elect people that say things like grab them by the pussy <laughs> i'm just just the saying internal rage, I, you guys. not to get overly political but like here we are talking about sexual assault but the rage <laughs> here we are talking about sexual assault and there are people in this country that are willing to consider something like that locker room talk super it's not anywhere. Maybe it's just me, but if I was in a dude's locker room and somebody started saying shit like that, I might speak up about it and be like, that's really not cool. But maybe I'm not president material. I don't know. It's because you are like one of the awesome examples from the Gillette commercial. There you go. I still haven't seen that, but... You it's know, great. It's really great. As a person with alopecia, <laughs> razor commercials, not at the top of my list. <laughs> <laughs> Not something I see often. The YouTube targeted marketing. <laughs> Not sending that one. Hair loss prevention things, though, I get all the time. <laughs> that is a losing I guess, battle. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess bald is a keyword in my SEO. So I think I think it's the Facebook facial recognition. They're like, this man ain't got no hair, mm-hmm. and then they just shift it out to everybody. Yeah. So I get like, yeah, I get uh like hair loss prevention medication ads and i get ads for moby albums <laughs> they must think i'm a moby fan <laughs> I, I don't no know why what, that's yeah, a yeah. crazy it's connection huh. yeah. never would have put those two together <laughs> so in other x-men related news um this kind of bums me out the new mutants movie mm-hmm. it's been pushed back and pushed back and yep. pushed back it was supposed to be pushed back to february and then it's got pushed back to august and it keeps put pushed back pushed back pushed back well now it may not get a theatrical release at all mm-hmm. it might go directly to hulu which hulu. bums me out because i'm so excited about this movie because it literally is like a horror x-men movie which is dope mm-hmm. and something they should have just done a long time ago but you know Brian Singer wasn't letting that one go. But, um, 
it's I don't know. It it looks it looks awesome, but apparently they're having a really hard time in post production figuring out what to do with the end of it. Like mm-hmm. apparently that's why it keeps getting delayed is that they just don't know how to finish it. So, but I don't know. It really bums me out because mm-hmm. I really want to see an excellent horror movie, and now it's just sort of. I mean, it could still limbo. be good. Like, there's stuff on Hulu that is like Hulu original or whatever that's really good. You know, they're like holiday horror stuff that they're doing has really been excellent. That's true. So, how I... do you not know how to end <clears throat> a movie though? Like, how do you not know how to finish it? How do you go into making a movie and you're like, let's just figure it out? Like, shouldn't you have had a Listen, plan? Not everybody can have the cinematic genius of Tommy Wiseau. Okay, <laughs> let's get that straight right away. Uh, <laughs> oh hi Mark. <laughs> that, that entire movie was an ending. <laughs> t- t- ending of my eyes. <laughs> um, sanity. Yeah. <laughs> oh hi Mark. I did not hit her. I did not. We need to get Tommy Wiseau to guest star on this this podcast. Come hang, Tommy. <laughs> We're down. We're down. Yeah. I'm totes down. I mean, I don't know. Do you like comics? Want to talk about comics? We can talk about superhero movies. That'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, you like movies. I mean, I assume. <laughs> this isn't so much news, uh, but we were talking about streaming service. I heard an interesting thing the other day. What's that? Uh, Netflix made a comment, like I guess Netflix execs or whatever made a comment that uh, they're not concerned about like all the like competitive streaming services that are popping up because you've got like yahoo has one amazon has one disney's coming disney's coming um dc has their own thing uh they made a comment that that's not worrying them and that they don't lose that much to them do you know what does concern them what they see as their biggest competition what fortnite And I, I kind of, I reacted like that. I was like, that's so stupid. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, that actually, yeah, it makes sense. Like a big, massive online community of gamers. Cause you can't be streaming Netflix while you're doing that. That's true. You know what I mean, that makes sense. A uh, fun related fact. Apparently there have been 800 divorces listing. The reason for the divorce was Fortnite. That's fair. Most of the people I know that play Fortnite, I kind of want to marry them just so I can divorce them. So. <laughs> I'm running around slinging rings at people like, hey, do you know Do you know how to floss? Where'd you learn that? Fortnite? Okay, here, marry me. <laughs> Here's my papers. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you get out of my house, you take that Fortnite pickaxe with you. <laughs> I don't care if that unicorn head was $300. That was Billy's lunch money. <laughs> that's how I imagine those go down. Man, that's a crazy relationship. <laughs> yeah, right. So for our final segment, we are going to be talking about, we did that thing you do on Netflix where you binge. You binge hard. And we binged us some Punisher season two. True. And I got to say, it was kind of rough. Yeah. It was rough binging. Um, I loved Punisher season one. I absolutely did. It was real good. I loved that they took this character that very much could be just like throwaway, run and gun, kind of action heavy character. And it had action. It had gore. It had like intense moments. But it was essentially like a commentary on PTSD. Yeah. And maintaining, like, managing PTSD and different ways of doing that and, like, how to help one another with PTSD all under the, like, scope of, you know, a guy running around shooting people that killed his family, you know? And it did a great job of really developing this characters. This season, I didn't feel that. I, I think they kind of lost their emotion. Mm-hmm. And so they tried to, I think a lot of it, they were trying to make a commentary on toxic masculinity. But depending on which episode you're in, it's hard to tell which direction they're taking it. You know, like what they're trying to tell you is toxic, is Frank toxic, is it just Billy and his crew, is it freaking uh, Curtis of all people? Like, is he being toxic? Like, what's going on? There was like, they were trying to do commentary on masculinity and like how to handle masculinity and how to handle masculinity properly. 
and they just never really committed never really went there yeah and uh in the end it left you with a very slow action series it's 13 episodes there were like whole episodes where it was just people talking um some of the conversations weren't great and interactions weren't great i wasn't really feeling it it's kind of weak like i i yeah i i see this one getting canceled yeah (laughs) i so one of the things that i felt so impacted by in the first season was that i felt for the characters like i got Mm -hmm. deeply involved in Mm -hmm. the characters like there's one of the soldiers that they show was a boy who came home from war and you know you got heavily involved with him and you watch as he makes himself a little fort outside because he can't sleep in the house and you watch him struggle and you watch the relationships that Frank builds with the people around him and you watch him try and handle having feelings for Karen and you you get emotionally attached to all of these characters and in this season I didn't particularly care about anybody mm-hmm. like I I felt like there was just it was one of those seasons of a show where it just shows bad decisions piled on bad decisions piled on bad decisions that could probably be managed and handled mm-hmm. and rectified with some form of logical thought and and actual like assessing a situation yeah. instead of just running in literal guns blazing. Mm-hmm. And and that bothered me because I felt like that was the strongest asset of season one yeah, was the totally. character development and so like this season they tried to develop amy and like i i like amy and i think they did some cool things with her but at the same time like i didn't feel particularly attached to her at any yeah, point i yeah with amy particularly exactly what you're saying like and it kind of again goes to where i feel like they didn't commit they introduce amy they make her kind of this foil and balancing point for frank and that in and of itself could have just been the focal point of the thing. But then for whatever reason, they had this like Billy came back and Frank was chasing him down. And I feel like if they had fully committed to this concept that this Amy character was able to bring out some sort of like calm or sanctuary in Frank, you know, and bring his heart to the surface and, you know, have him set aside his tough guy veneer and stuff like that. And they hit on that. And the times when they hit on that are some of the best points in the show. Agreed. Their interaction, like there's a, I think a two episode stint where it's just Amy and Frank working on Amy's issue, like trying to find out like who killed Amy's friends and stuff like that. And there, she's like conning people and like doing all this cool stuff. And he's doing his like badass thing. And it felt, you know, very good. Because it was, it was this, like, big Punisher, you know, literally this brute Punisher guy. And this, like, smart, witty, funny, lighthearted, but not afraid, really, kind of character. And they were great together. But they just, they didn't spend enough time developing that and getting something out of that. You know what I mean? Like, that relationship was basically just, like, him feeling like he had a daughter. And when they... They part eventually, and that's sweet. You know what I mean? The culmination of that arc, you know, I teared a little. It was nice. But that was mainly just because the acting of those two people was so powerful. Like, John Barenthal does a great job, as always. Georgia Wiggum, who played Amy, yep. did a great job. Yep. Um, so there was, there was solid acting in that relationship, and that kind of drove it home. But like you said, it's it never really felt like ultimately familiar. It never really felt like I really want to connect and I give a shit about this Yeah. to an extent that I was compelled. And that's tough with TV because you have to leave people compelled wanting the next thing. Yeah. You know, a TV show needs to be like a good album. I've always said that the best albums are ones that you just play and you don't ever feel like you have to stop it or skip something. Yep. It never lulls. It just goes song to song to song. You were in it every single song. And that's a good show episode 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 has to be like you have to you can have small moments like no one's perfect you can have moments where it's like uh, i can check out during these two people talking but it should be like boom 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 like on to the next thing and especially if you're gonna do your shows like netflix does them where it's like 
here's every episode expecting people to binge it you got to keep me compelled yep and there were times when i was on the computer i was on my phone i checked out for entire i'd look up and i'd be like oh shit what's going on (laughs) why is he here i admittedly it was this is kind of funny but um mild spoiler sorry but karen does make an appearance Um, but chris realized i had fallen asleep when i didn't react to karen being on screen yeah Yeah, i had totally passed out at the beginning of the episode and he looked over when karen came on and i'm just like Mm. and he was like oh okay i guess we'll be starting this one over because I just, I, I was out. Like, it wasn't enough to keep me rolling. It felt like they they knew what topic they wanted to cover. They wanted to cover masculinity. Like, you can tell that the commentary about masculinity, toxic or otherwise, just pervades the entire thing. But at different points in time, they didn't know how they wanted to approach that. Did they want to show you in a good example? Did they want to break down the bad examples? Did they want to have a good example going directly against a bad example? Did they want the bad guys to be the good example? Like, where does it go? Yeah. And, you know, at points it even gets a little, like, a little harsh because it, like, I don't know. In my opinion, it kind of suggested that, like, people that are a little BDSM-y are bad. And that's not fair. No kink shaming. And, like, you know, at times it was, like, really just, like, ham-fisted with it. Like, I killed a woman <laughs> kind of stuff. And it was, like, eh. And I don't know. I, I I think they knew what message they wanted to get across. But they never really committed to, like, this how? is how we're going to do it. I agree. Like, they did with the PTSD stuff. They wanted to be more nuanced, yeah. I think. But the problem with doing nuance is that your writing has to be impeccable if you're going to nuance characters with something like this. Yeah. And instead, it didn't feel nuanced. It just felt muddy. Well, yeah. It, it's, so, like, it's, you couldn't tell who was supposed to be good and who was supposed to be bad. And not so much like, oh, well, everybody's good and bad. Everybody has flaws because it's society. It didn't feel mm-hmm. commentary in and of itself yeah. on the nuance. It felt... Like, they were trying to make a point. You just couldn't pick out which point they were putting in. Yeah, it's like how the first season of Iron Fist wanted to kind of nuance Danny Rand's, like, pseudo-mental health issues, you know? Yeah. How, like, he would occasionally have these, like, bursts of rage and seem a little bit bipolar and stuff like that. Um, and it, it, it did the same thing. Yeah. It's like... It was there at times and not at others. And that's the problem. If you do it nuanced, it has to always be in the background. There have to Subtlety. be there have to be flag posts to it everywhere. Yep. Yep. And if you deviate from that path, it's like, you know, trying to when you're doing something nuanced, some sort of theme nuanced, and you wanna it's gonna lead up to a reveal. And it would be like trying to walk your way through a snowy, like, forest to get back to your like cabin. And if at any point in time, that trail that you dug out in the snow is covered up by snow, you could get lost instantly. Yep. You don't know if it continues straight or does it turn here. That trail before it got covered in snow looked a little curvy. Is it turning? Like, where do I go? And you're instantly lost. And that's exactly how it works. Yeah. You have to have that trail in the snow because that snow is everything happening around. Yep. All the gunshots and epic fight sequences and other characters and comedy that come into these shows and if you lose that trail the audience loses that trail for even a little bit when they find it again it feels different or they're just lost or it just the payoff isn't as good you just lose them they just don't they're not there with you and it often feels like it took too long to get back on the path yeah yeah and and yeah exactly the payout yeah the connection like i'm just now making that connection but it, it is kind of like the same thing they did in Iron Fist and why people hated his character so much in that first season is because they had an idea of what they wanted to do with him. They wanted to give him these like anger issues. Like he has this severe anger issues to the point. And I say, I don't know if they were, but personally for me with my experiences with, you know, mental health things, I feel like they were trying to take it to like a mental health level because there's points where he literally like the camera's shaking and he's like weak because he's so angry, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's very much like you have there's something there. Yeah. Like talk to someone about it kind right. of thing. Right. And um but that only happened it happened so few and far between 
and they address it so few and far between that most of the time it just feels like he's a hot-headed douchebag and then suddenly it's like whoa he might actually be like bipolar or have yeah. some sort of manic thing like why on. is he being such a moody broody butt but yeah it it i completely agree they you have to commit when you do these things mm-hmm. and when it comes to nuance nuance doesn't mean spreading it out so thin that it covers everything nuance mm-hmm. means making it subtle so that you don't realize you're paying attention to it it's like when you're watching a horror movie and the bad guy's been involved the whole time you just didn't notice it but then at the end you go back and you're like oh yeah and then it's when they did this and that's why this happened mm-hmm. and that's why this happened you're supposed to be able to look back and go oh and and understand and make it make sense the whole time yeah the the best ex- if you want a good not the best but if you want a good example of stuff being given to you subtly in the background, uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yep. Also on Netflix, they set up so much stuff that they reveal to you later that it's just mind-boggling. It's fascinating. And it blows your damn mind. And it's right in front of you the, the whole, whole time, time. Right in front of you the whole time. And you start to see snippets of it coming together. And then suddenly it's just like, boom, this is why this was happening. And it's perfect. That's how it needs to be done. We were on that path the whole time with everything they were given yep. to us Consistent. and then at the end we're right there and uh, yeah punisher just this season fell flat for me soundtrack was great i know i i always comment on the soundtrack because i love soundtracks soundtrack was really really good at the first episode couple episodes first episode first episode first episode yeah. um has shooter jennings and it's awesome and like several songs just like playing them just playing it's great. playing and playing these awesome songs and that was awesome um and then yeah they have they have cool music it's very like country and folky and blues rock and stuff uh but it just fell flat personally i wouldn't recommend binging it uh i would take it in snippets if you just have to watch it still has great acting moments still has very sweet moments still has really cool moments um, throughout, but it's definitely something that you may want to do with expectation that it's going to be kind of in the background. Yeah. And agreed. like, don't, you know, you might not want to dedicate all your attention to it because it is very slow at points. That's my personal feeling about it. Interesting element of news on top of it. Um, the creators have come out and said, um, that they want to introduce Kingpin into season three. And I thought it was awfully lofty to even be talking about a season three. It's true. Because with all of the others having been canceled and mm-hmm. Luke Cage having had wonderful ratings and Daredevil was literally super highly viewed mm-hmm. and watched and Netflix was still like, no, you get the boot. Heck, get out of here. Bye, Matt yep. Murdock. Um, somebody mentioned, to, I saw somebody online mention probably the best uh, kind of breakdown of why the shows got canceled. And it simply boils down to Netflix doesn't want to share their IP. You know what I mean? They, they're fo- it's exactly what I, my theory, um, this person was just kind of reiterating, but it's, they don't want to, they want to focus on stuff that's strictly your, theirs. And they know that Disney has their, Disney has a service coming out now. So if Netflix continues to put Marvel stuff up, then they're essentially giving free advertising to their competitor. Yeah, you that know, makes because sense. Because if they're like, hey, Daredevil show and Luke Cage show and all this stuff, and people go, wow, I love these Marvel shows. Where can I see more when we don't have one out? They go over to Disney Plus and boom, they've got all these Marvel shows. Well, and you know, this is this is the creepy side of marketing because there's some weird Big Brother creepy stuff. Did you guys know T was a marketer? As she mentioned that before. This is relevant. Did Shut you know up. that T was a... Man, this is relevant. Um... But the creepy side of marketing is, is that realistically Disney could, if you say you're watching Daredevil on Mm -hmm. Netflix on your laptop, you know, say you're at the airport and you're like, I'm going to watch Daredevil. Disney will be able to take that, that you were on the page on Netflix, on the Daredevil page and use that targeted marketing so that when you're scrolling Facebook, it's like, hey, you like Daredevil, so you'll really like the new Scarlet Witch show. Mm. And it will make that direct correlation. It will follow you as you're ordering toilet paper on Amazon, and it will follow you as you're, you know, checking out your ex-boyfriend on Instagram. Like, it will find you, and it will tell you mm-hmm. that you should watch their stuff because you watch Daredevil. And so it's true. It is direct, directly giving mm-hmm. their competitor 
a way to it, find you and and suck you in. It has a particular set of targeted marketing. <laughs> it will find you. <laughs> and it will kill you. Or just really take your money. Yeah, or just trick you into like Russian brides or something. Yeah, they don't want you dead because then you can't spend. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't give numerical reviews, but I would say it's worth a watch if you're really into the superhero stuff and if you liked season one and you want a little bit more of John Barenthal's super badass Punisher. Uh but probably not something to sit and try to go through all thirteen episodes in one sitting. And yeah. definitely something that you might want to have like a laptop or a phone or a coloring book or minis that you're painting or like whatever knitting. you're doing knitting something to do to take away your time uh and give your attention to multiple things because there are some very very slow moments in the show yeah it it drags or a really soft pillow you know <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's all for this week that is it for this week thank you everybody for listening Yes, thank you. If you want more Cover B, you can follow us on our Facebook page and our Twitter. At Cover B Podcast. And you can check out our website. Yep, and that's uh, coverbpodcast.weebly.com. Mm-hmm. And you can follow T and I on Instagram. Yeah, find us on, on social and on web and send us questions. Or yep. if you want us to answer something on the final segment, we are always willing to, you know... <clears throat> appease you guys because you're why we're doing it and last episode we kicked off our segment called key issues so if you have any ideas for key issues or you have anything that's bothering you feel free to hit us up with those and we'll talk about those absolutely all right guys well thank you so much stay tuned for next week for our next episode of of cover Cover b In the city of New York, qualms with comics are treated with extreme prejudice. (laughs) (laughs) The special podcasters that handle these cases are part of a special unit, the Cover B unit. Bye. Bye.